Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry. Folks, welcome to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. So people are coming back to the cities, back from their holidays and getting back on track, or at least trying to. It's been an incredibly tough couple of months. On this week's episode, I would thought I would bring someone who's been on the show before, our highest ever listening figures for her show. She loves that title. I know she does. <laughs> so I thought I'd, 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 I'd introduce with it. Uh, we're delighted to be joined by broadcaster and performance coach Anna Geary, who's going to talk us through simple top tips to get back on track after what's been a crazy, crazy time over the course of the last couple of months. Anna Geary, welcome back to Real Health. How are you? Thank you so much for having me back on. I'm delighted to be back on. And the reason why I'm so proud of that is the caliber of guests that you have on over the last, I think it was a year and a half it's been since I've been last on the Real Health Podcast. It's it's quite a privilege to say that I'm up there with the best of them. Um, oh, you're, not, you're, no, you're number one. You're, the, you're <laughs> the, high, the highest listed figures for any show that we've done, which is amazing. But you know, I'll tell you what now, I can still remember vividly the morning that we um, were recording that podcast. I had the morning from hell. I had got clamped. I had a meeting cancelled last minute. I had lost my wallet. You know those kind of days that everything could go wrong, did go wrong. So when I went into you, it was literally like, ah, la, 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 la. and we were talking around happiness. And ironically, it probably wasn't the happiest morning that I'd ever had, <laughs> but how to make yourself happier. And I guess now more than ever in the last number of months, we've come to appreciate the importance of chatting with people and that human connection and human interaction. And that morning, I needed that chat and ironically, a lot of people listening obviously resonated with it, but they were maybe in the same headspace that I was that morning. So hopefully today will be just as good. No doubt it will. So first of all, let's catch up with you. How is life? What are you up to? How have you been over the course of the last couple of months? You've been super fit. I've been checking out your Instagram. You've been training loads and stuff. But how is life generally? Yeah, fit, I mean, I've been trying to do my, my best in the last number of months. I think the fitness during lockdown was first and foremost for my head and my mindset more than anything else. And also as well, to be honest, to combat the extra homemade pizzas that we were probably making during lockdown and the banana bread, the infamous banana bread that people were making. Um, I think the word that I would use is adjusting. Um, I think that for me is a really important word because some days it would be great and I would have enjoyed lockdown and enjoyed sometimes that peace and quiet that comes from stepping back and not having to be loads of different places. But Ultimately, I think I'm a person that loves to be on the go. I love to meet people. I love the energy from working with people. And suddenly, you know, we were in a place where nobody knew how to act. And I think I had underestimated at the beginning of, the, of all of this, I suppose, my productivity levels. And I had set myself the to-do list like everybody had. You know, I want to learn a language. I want to take up guitar like I see hanging in the background there in your, in your office. <laughs> I want to do all these things. And I totally didn't take into account the emotional impact that the last few months is going to have. Um, and I think even still, I'm still adjusting because for everybody, there's so much uncertainty and it's just trying to, I suppose, worry about the things that are in our control and actually 
keep going, you know, step by step, doing things every day that we can actually get a little bit of enjoyment out of and just going back to the simple things, you know, because they've actually been the most important. Thankfully, now things are picking back up work wise. Ireland's fittest family is back. So oh, the give us the gossip. Come on, give us the gossip. Yeah. <laughs> the competitor in me is just starting to ramp up a small bit now. You know, all you need to do is mention the name Davy Fitz and I'm going to be chopping <laughs> at the bit, ready to go. But it's lovely. And I think, I suppose, Ireland's fittest family, the nature of it is conducive to being allowed to be produced and that it's outside. And, you know, the families tend to stick with themselves anyway when it's uh, production. But the production team have been working so hard behind the scenes to make sure that it's the exact same production that people have come to love year in, year out. And that they've been taking all the extra precautions and making sure all the guidelines are in place. And again, it's just for everybody just trying to get on with it because that's what we have to do as worrying as a time as this is and as an uncertain time as this is, we do have to get on with life as well. Because if we stay static and start thinking too much about it, I think the fear can overwhelm everybody. Let's chat about that. So let's get into it. So people have been uh, away out of routine. Mm-hmm. Lots of people have been on holidays. I've seen that with my own clients and my own friends. Everyone's around the country. Within, was, the, yeah. within the country, thankfully, that's important to say. Yeah. Uh, but So people are starting to come back now. Schools potentially are coming back on stream. People mm-hmm. may have put on some extra COVID kilos over the course of the summer. And getting back on track is going to be difficult. It's probably going to be tougher than before because that uncertainty, that element of what's the future going to bring is coming. Talk us through some of your tips to help people get back on track. Yeah, and I think that's really important. You said it's, it's, there's uncertainty. And like with that uncertainty thing comes extra stress, extra pressure, like mood swings, energy levels dipping up and down. So I think you need to take that into account when you're trying to hit this, you know, famous reset button and trying to get back on track. Like you've mentioned it recently, it is about being very clear about your goals. And I won't even say that that would be one of my top points because I think that should be a basic for people. It's really drilling down and asking yourself, why is this your goal? So for example, like you mentioned, you know, the kind of the COVID kilos. And I think for a lot of people, they put them on. I have, and I suppose for me, uh, when I started noticing that the button and the hole in my jeans weren't becoming friends, they're actually becoming enemies because they were coming further and further away from each other. I was thinking, well, how is this the case? Because I am training during, and when I was making myself accountable, putting it more on Instagram so that I was aware of the fact that I had to kind of show up. Um, I'm trying to eat as healthy as I can, but I totally, again, didn't take into account that that movement during the day, that neat exercise wasn't in my life you know, parking the car in Dublin, walking 20 minutes to a talk or walking around during filming, taking all those things for granted. And I suppose, and it was easy then for everything to creep up and then cortisol levels being higher in your body and therefore, you know, and not allowing you to burn those calories like normal. So even I suppose accepting that, and I suppose one of my top tips actually would be something that a little bit of a bugbear of mine, maybe we'll start with that, is this idea of self-love. And I'm all about self-love, okay? Don't get me wrong. If you don't love yourself, it's very hard for anyone else to love you. But you don't have to love every single aspect of your body, nor do you have to love every single aspect of your personality. You know, there's traits of mine that, you know, sometimes that they kind of, oh, they get to me. And the same my body, there isn't every single part of my body that I love. And that's okay. I think starting out with that saying, it's about self-acceptance. I think that's a lot more important than this idea of self-love. Yes, you know what, I wobble. There's parts of me that wobble a lot more than I'd like. But acknowledging that and being okay with it and saying, okay, in this current environment, in, this, you know, in the here and now, this is the way my body is. 
And that's my starting point and how I deal with it. Rather than saying you have to love yourself. Because, Carl, I honestly think it's nearly an extra pressure now that we feel that we have to love every aspect of ourselves. And that we can't nearly give out about a part of our body that we don't like because it seems, oh, that's not okay anymore. It's totally okay. If, you know, if your bingo wings, they call them, annoy you or your, you know, or your cellulite, we all have it. But it doesn't mean you can't set yourself a goal to work towards improving it. Um, so I think self-acceptance is really important. It's a really good, realistic starting point for you to say, okay, well, this is where I am and where do I want to get to? And then you can kind of map out from, plan- from point A to point B. And in terms of self-love, there is very much a movement almost on social media, Instagram in particular, mm-hmm. with, which with brings pressure for people who follow those accounts to be like that person. And even, if, you know, there, there, there's, there, there's a whole uh, scene out there now over the course of the last kind of year or so. And it's very much towards that. And that pressure can be a negative thing. Well, I think it can because, like, and I've experienced this. And again, like I am all about, there's all different shapes and sizes out there. Everybody's different. If we all look the same, life be very different. And we all are attracted to different people for various reasons. But I think sometimes, you know, this idea of being positive, I would consider myself to be quite a positive person. But that doesn't mean I'm in a good mood all the time. Sometimes you should see me first thing in the morning. Can't will attest to the fact I'm not in the best of form. So it is important to be aware that this self-love that we can often see and, you know, being promoted on Instagram, it is, it is valid to a point. And it's important to show even younger people that I suppose are, are quite vulnerable in their thinking and sometimes might know the law of the land when it comes to Instagram and, and the, you know, the tweaks and the filters and things that, that can be done. Yes, it's important. But... It's all right as well to be like, ah, oh, I know I'm, I'm going to wear a dress that covers my arms because I don't really like my arms right now. That's okay too. And, you know, often I talk about that with my group of friends. They're like, if, if you know, if you are a person that completely 100% loves every piece of your body with more power to you, but it's okay if you're not that person as well. And that gives you a really good starting point in terms of getting back on track. It's maybe identifying the aspects of your health, aspects of your life, aspects of your job, your house, whatever. Mm -hmm. But having that kind of almost slightly critical reflection, say, you know what? Yeah, I do want to improve my tummy or I do want to lose a little bit of weight or a little bit of body fat or I do want to change roles in the business or I do want to move house. You know, that little self-assessment is a really important part of getting back on track. Absolutely. And it's okay as well to have these goals, to want to lose a little bit of weight, to want to be healthier, faster. You know, accepting yourself for who you are is one thing, but you don't have to stay with that person. You can change any day you want to. You don't have to if you don't want to, but you often, there's nearly a pressure there to feel now that I'm okay as I am. And then we nearly berate those that want to be better or want to be slimmer or stronger, fitter. And I just think we've almost flipped and we've gone completely full circle now where we're nearly looking at those people going, but why would you want to be, you know, running marathons or fitting into a size smaller dress? So I do think we need to think about the language that we're using. That for me is really important. I think it's one of the most important things that I talk about as a performance coach. It's not just the language that we use every day in our conversations, but also it's the language that we talk to ourselves up in here because unfortunately, and we, we say it time and time again, if you spoke to your best friends and your family the way you'd often speak to yourself, well, you know, the relationships wouldn't be very strong because often we tend to focus on the negative and like the, the brain naturally defaults to a negative anyway. So it does take a little bit of effort to actually switch things and flip things to a positive. But often we tell ourselves, I can't, I can't, I can't. But if you tell yourself that often enough, well, then you're going to start to believe it. 
And I'll even give you an example. I went out and I ran yesterday. And I, um, I have a very love-hate relationship with running, Carol. Uh, you keep me company uh, a lot on the podcast, so thank you for that. I like to distract myself in the running because otherwise all I'd hear is the very heavy breathing and the plodding of my feet. I'm, I'm more of a sprinter. My body wasn't genetically designed for long-distance running. But yet I know that it gives my, my mind really good headspace, you know, and I, I'm not worrying. I don't wear a fitness tracker. I'm not worrying about my time per kilometer, not worrying about my technique. I just like to run. And yesterday I went for the first run in quite a while. And I, I almost, I tell myself this narrative and I have told myself this narrative for years. I'm not a runner. Oh, I can't run. No, that wouldn't be me now. I'm not a runner. And as it just so happened, Kevin and I, we don't really, we don't run together because, you know, he's six foot five. He's a lot longer stride than I do. So, and he enjoys running. So I kind of more do it for headspace at a slower pace. But he went out with me to stretch the legs and we came back afterwards. It was AK and he was sweating and he was like, that was a really good run. I was like, really? Was it? Because I had conditioned myself to believe that I wasn't good at running. And I kept on telling myself that I am not a runner. So I would turn down going for runs with people, nearly fear of being left behind or struggling. So it just shows if you tell yourself something enough, you can actually start to believe it. And then all it takes is some person to completely contradict that belief. And they're like, oh, well, actually, was what I was thinking absolute fact? Well, no, it was just something I was telling myself over and over again. So the power of language is really important. So I think when people are starting out to reset and to get back on track, it's to focus on really positive language, telling yourself you can do it. Even when it comes to food, another bugbear of mine is this idea of bad food. There is no such thing as bad food. It's just, there's no such thing as bad weather. It's just bad, bad clothing, as you, as you say all the time. So I think we really need to, to make sure that we associate the right kind of language with things to help ourselves, to make sure that we get the best out of it. Like, you know, treats, and uh, I just think, you know, sins, all these words now that have become associated with food, it's quite dangerous. It, it makes, I suppose, our relationship with food quite volatile. So to me, I love the word indulgence. You know, if I'm going out for a pizza, I love that word. Even the word itself sounds great, it's an indulgence. But I would never say food is bad. I would never say, because there's a guilt then that's attached to that word. So how you talk to yourself is really important. And if you find yourself telling yourself something negative all the time, write it down or say it out loud. Because you'll actually find that what you're saying out, out loud, then you catch yourself saying it, you're like, wow, that's actually pretty harsh. And then try and counteract that with something positive. And you'll be actually be surprised that the more positive you are to yourself, the better. Because like as corny as it sounds, you do have to be your best supporter. Because if you do want to, whether it's lose weight, get a promotion, start a new relationship, you have to believe in yourself that you're good enough to do it, that you're enough to do it. Because otherwise, how is anyone else going to believe in you? And presumably that also, that kind of positive self-talk applies to positive talk with those around you and that direct kind of network of people who surround you and having really positive, healthy people within that network. It is. And I suppose that leads me on to my next point, then that idea of support and accountability and making sure that the people you surround yourself with are there to make sure that you are achieving your goals or doing whatever you want to do. So, you know, often if, you know, in days even gone by when I would have worked in a corporate environment and you've, you know, decided, right, it's coming up to championship now. I'm going to go on a real health buzz and I'm going to fuel my body, nourish my body as best I can. And you're in a canteen, you open up your lunchbox and, you know, what people would see is healthy. And they're like, oh God, look at you. You're always so healthy. 
you're like, I know I love my pizza and I love my chocolate and I love my dessert, but this is my choice right now to, to fuel my body in this way. And nearly people making you feel bad about your decisions because, you know, you're making them feel bad about the fact that they plan on going out for their lunch and having chips and a burger. So I think like that surrounding yourself with people that really want to champion you and actually see you do well is really important. And again, that accountability thing comes in. So we all hear of the training buddy. We all hear of that, you know, picking that person that can, that can help you to get to where you need to be. And just to make training more enjoyable, because I think we have these negative connotations that are attached to exercise. Oh, I don't want to go to the gym. Oh, I don't want to go for a run. Well, then find something that you do enjoy. So that might be going for a sea swim or dancing or, you know, lifting weights, whatever it is. Find something that you enjoy, first of all. Then find someone that you know you'll enjoy it with. But make sure that person has a similar commitment level to you in the present moment. And what I mean by that is if you're going out and you want to train for a marathon and you decide to pick a, a running partner that's just had a newborn baby, well, their commitment levels mightn't be the same as yours right now. Things might come up. They might have slept all night because of a newborn baby, whatever it is. So pick people as well in order to drive your own success. So to, you know, just say, oh, well, hang on a second. Is this the best time for her? Is it fair to nearly putting that pressure on her then and making her accountable? So pick people in that similar commitment space. And then be very aware of the energy in a group. You know, I would talk a lot um, when I speak with people about this idea of energy drains and energy trains. And those energy trains for people, we all know them. We probably have a friend or a family member that if you're feeling a little bit low, you'll give them a call. They'll lift your spirits. They'll tell you your hair looks great. They'll tell you the dress really suits you. You know, they'll tell you you're brilliant at whatever it is that you're doing. And you just, you feel good around them. But equally, there's those people that the energy drains. And they're the people on a Tuesday afternoon that are like, oh, oh my God, is it not the weekend? And they're giving out about everything. And the weather is brutal and all this. And suddenly you get, you move away from them and you're exhausted and you don't know why. But that's because they've sucked the energy right out of you. And it's really important to be surrounding yourself with as many energy trains as possible. You know, because there's enough uncertainty, there's enough worry, there's enough upset right now to be dealing with. You don't need to be taking on anybody else's as well. So I think that's really important, that energy. But also be really aware of the energy that you're giving off. You know, are you the energy drain in your friendship group or in your work group or in your family? Like, are you the person that's always giving out? Because not alone is that not good for your relationships with other people. It's also not good for yourself to be hearing that negativity coming out of you. And maybe that's the reason why people won't go running with you or go to the gym with you because <laughs> you're always giving out. So I think it's some things like that, that idea of energy and the language, language and energy go hand in hand. You're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. Okay, so let me ask you that awkward question. What if you're the person who wants to make that leap, that your friends aren't that healthy, that they're maybe they're quite negative and it's getting you down and you want to make that leap to a new group of friends and surround yourself with healthy people? How do you do it? There's my question. That's a horrible question, but I'm going to ask it anyway because I think it's because I think people who are listening in are maybe thinking that, you know, I want to move friends or I want to maybe, you know, move on from that particular friend or that particular partner because I need, for my health, it's the right thing to do. And we also, I've said that to you know, on loads of loads of shows and loads of episodes, but actually the physical doing of it can sometimes be slightly tougher for people. Any tips based around that? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. I think it's one at the moment is probably more difficult for people as well because they can't, you know, go to join a new class or go and join the new club because it's not available. But I think I suppose that's where social media is really positive is that you can join those online groups now. You can join online classes. You can make yourself be a part of a community online. So even though if 
your actual real life community isn't exactly the type of people that you want to be with long term, you can nearly phase yourself and grow your confidence. Because I think for me, Carol, like my years in sport have taught me that, that everything is underpinned by confidence. And it's if you are feeling confident in yourself and what you're doing, that's going to help you make better decisions, decisions that are right for you. Because often if we're lacking in confidence, then you kind of stay in that one place. And if you're stuck in a rut like right now and you don't know what to do, well, maybe reaching out online and joining a new online class or joining a new online Facebook community where they're all about like, you know, feeling better or maybe it's, you know, from a work perspective, developing skills, whatever it is, there's so much out there to choose from. And I think that might then give them the confidence to be, well, you know what? I do deserve better. I do deserve, you know, friends that phone me back or I do deserve whatever it is. You can actually almost develop the confidence then to step away from your circle in real life. But it is very difficult because the reality is if we have family members, you can't step away from them if they're kind of negative people. So I think it's almost like trying to balance that out then with as many positive people as possible. And I think sometimes the negativity can come from a good place. You know, it w- life wouldn't be uh, right if everybody was telling you how great you are all the time and, you know, and, and was always encouraging you to do things. Sometimes you do need that person that can look at things from a different perspective. Maybe it's a different, like maybe you don't agree with their perspective, but maybe it's a way for you to reassess and actually make sure that what you're about to do is the right thing. Like I once had um, a dad of a friend of mine when I decided to make a massive leap and I left my job back in 2015 and I retired from Cork and I set up and I I trained to be a performance coach and I moved from like Cork to Dublin which was huge altogether and you know even leaving the Cork setup and I was about six months into it and my friend's dad was sitting in the kitchen of her house and he said to me he's like okay so I know now you're doing this bit on the radio and you're doing a bit on tv and I think you're back at college I was like yeah I am he goes, but come here to me. Tell me when you're going to go in now and get back and get a real job again. And I suppose I was so taken aback. And, you know, in hindsight, probably quite angry at the time in my head going, who does he think he is saying that to me? But I understand what he was saying. He was just probably worried, making sure I was after leaving a pensionable job, which to him was absolutely ludicrous. And he was just probably making sure that I was okay and that I was making the right decision. And afterwards, when I was driving home from my friend's house, it actually made me assess and realize, well, yeah, this is absolutely what I want to do. So if anything, you know, his negativity only helped me to realize, yeah, I am doing the right thing. So it is important sometimes that people question you because it makes you question yourself and it actually doubles down then if what you're actually doing is the right thing, or maybe you need to go in a different direction. And on that note, I think people would see you, and I, well, look, I've, I've got to know you a little bit over the years, as a very positive person and a very confident person. Is that a way you've always been? Is that a way you are or does that take work in some respects? Oh, God. Yeah. Positive. Absolutely. I've always been that type of person, I think, because I think growing up, I've been really fortunate. You know, I've had two parents that were really supportive of me playing sport. I met a lot of friends through playing sport, you know, from school, went to college, jobs. So, you know, I suppose really when I look at everyone else, as well as they say, if you everyone threw their worries into a pile, you wouldn't be long taking yours back. So I think for me, that's. I suppose where my positivity comes from is just I've been really grateful what I've had over the last number of years. Now, it's not been without its stresses and it's not been without, you know, sadness and upset. But I think for the most part, um, I'm really lucky to be in the position that I'm in. But confidence is different. Confidence now, I tell you, it's not something that comes naturally. It's something that I constantly have to work on. Yes, I love to talk. 
And yes, I love to help people and, and, and listen to people and, and, and help them work through their problems or challenges or goals. But with myself, sometimes that self-doubt is there. And I suppose the tips that I'm giving to people are almost like coming from experience and from mistakes that I've made in the past. And I think even in the last few months myself, lockdown has been a challenge for me because I think, I know we talk about this world of comparison where you shouldn't compare yourself to other people. Well, other people weren't the problem. It was me comparing myself to pre-lockdown and to the physical condition that I was in pre-lockdown and to the mental condition, the, the mental strength that I had pre-lockdown. And suddenly I'm there and I'm, I'm giving myself a hard time in the middle of lockdown because I just don't feel like going out for the run or I'm feeling, oh, your clothes are tighter on you now and, oh, you're, you know, you're eating food you shouldn't be eating. What's wrong with you? And, and, and genuinely, like nearly beating myself up. And it wasn't until maybe we started coming out of it that I realized, you know what? In years to come, when we look back at this entire experience, Am I going to be thinking about the few pounds that I put on during lockdown? Or am I going to be thinking about the fact that lockdown gave me an opportunity to be introduced to meditation? And let me tell you, like, Carl, you know me, and a lot of people watching this that know me will know me sitting still. Very difficult, like very difficult. But I worked up to doing 10 minutes of meditation. I'm not going to say every day. I'm not even going to say every second day, but even a few days a week. So lockdown gave me that. And I, it's, it's completely added like a different way for me to help de-stress. So, you know, that's what I'm looking at now is, you know what, every pound that I put on during lockdown, retrospectives and hindsight's a wonderful thing, you know, is a memory of me and Kev making homemade pizzas for the first time or me having a, a virtual Zoom party with pals where we're, we all made whatever it is and we all eat it together. So it's almost like nearly now I'm trying to look at it again in a positive way. Well, well, those pounds equate to good memories, you know, and, and they equate to me doing things that I might never have got the chance to do and kind of making the best out of it. Now, yes, I absolutely want to say goodbye to those COVID kilos in, in the next few months, but it's about not being so hard on ourselves, you know, and so that leads me on to this point is pace yourself. If you are in a position where you feel mentally and physically ready to get back on track and to reset and set yourself some goals, well, pace yourself because I probably started and failed about three times during lockdown to get on a health kick. You know, I've gone ready now to stop, you know, eating the stuff I probably shouldn't be eating as much of and then scaling up my training, moving more, sleeping more, which for me is probably the greatest challenge of all. And I, I, I failed about three times, but now I feel I'm in a position, maybe it's Ireland's fittest family is coming back and I don't want the families to be looking at me thinking, God, she's meant to be our coach and she's not that fit herself. But it's given me an opportunity to be like, pacing yourself is so important. So we've all been guilty. Okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to go on a health kick. I'm going to sleep nine hours a night. I'm going to drink three liters of water. I'm going to eat protein with every meal and loads of vegetables, no refined sugars. And I'm going to train seven days a week. And then eight days into it, you're like, oh, screw this. So it is about taking one thing and being very realistic. And again, that's where going back to the confidence. If you do one thing well and you get your confidence from that, well, that will help you then with anything else. So start with something that if you like exercise, well, start maybe then with focusing on, you know, harnessing your exercise and doing it more regularly. And that might help you then to control your food. But maybe, you know, you're really good at sleeping. That's not an area you need to work on. So it's all about using the things that you are good at already to help you to improve in the other aspects. Because again, going back to, I don't know what if it's an Irish way of thinking or what, but we do often focus on our weaknesses. And I'm doing a lot of reading around this lately because for me, strengths and weaknesses, everyone has them. 
and I suppose even going back to my own sports days, if everybody on a sports team had the same strength, well, then the team wouldn't win because your strengths are probably my weaknesses and vice versa. And that's what makes us work really well together. But often we all only focus on our weaknesses. So food is our, you know, our Achilles heel. We'll try and focus on that and overhaul that and make that the, the thing that we're nearly setting our expectations on. And then if it's challenging and we fail, well, then we see it as a failure and we just fall off the bandwagon and put it over there and say, I'm not going to worry about it now. Whereas if we focus on our strengths, so for me, I love exercising. So if I'm trying to eat better, I need to make sure that my exercise is on point because that will give me the confidence. That's what I can fall back on to know then that I can work on my nutrition and my food and my sleep. So focus on your strengths a little bit more. Like what I say is make your strengths your superpowers, you know? And if you make your strengths your superpowers, well, then the other things will be improved much more regularly. But just pace yourself. Take a breath. Pick the things that you want to, to focus on. Make sure that you're working on, working on your strengths all the time. Build your confidence and then just enjoy it. Because if you don't like doing it, it's going to be very short-lived. Folks, we had one goal with this episode was to get you motivated, energized, revved up to get back on track. And that's exactly why I wanted Anna Geary to come on and tell us all how to do it. Anna, as ever, thank you so much for joining us on the show. It's been great to catch up with you. Tell us where people can find you. Yeah, so it's at Anna G. Cork on all of my social media handles. And uh, well, you'll be seeing me hopefully on your screens in a few months time encouraging not roaring at the families <laughs> as they go on the task but thank you so much um for having me back on and hopefully people enjoy fantastic anna gary thank you so much folks i really hope you enjoyed today's episode take those tips put them into action and you'll yield fantastic results and get yourself back on track i have no doubt about it whatsoever as ever you know where we are at carl henry pt on twitter and on instagram and real health at independent.ie and don't forget to rate and review have a fantastic week apply those tips and we'll see you next week Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry.